0: Sicaris and Price for Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. Coming to you from the Go Goat Sports Studio built by Arbor Lee here at the Iconic Wall Center, downtown Vancouver. And if you're heading to a game in downtown Vancouver, make it a staycation. Book your stay at the wall, 604 331 Ask for the Sicaris and Price rate. Some blackout dates may apply. Matt Sicaris alongside Blake Price. Grady Sass hitting switches, conducting things with Madison Buckingham. Big show coming up. And it's all brought to you by Applewood Auto Group.
1: Applewood Nissan in Langley wants you to join the electric revolution. Check out the 2024 Nissan Leaf starting from 82 bucks a week. Plus, you get a $500 loyalty rebate. It's all at Applewood Nissan
0: in Langley. It's all
1: good at Applewood.
0: Poll question today. What position do the Canucks most need to upgrade? You can vote for fourth line forward, third pair defense. Top six or top four if you don't think they're done big game hunting or still see holes there. Or you can vote none. Do so at Sikerson Price on Twitter and YouTube. And we fashioned this poll 24 hours out from the NHL, or 24 days out from the National Hockey League trade deadline. Um, Said it on the welcome ad yesterday. Look, if you can get another top four defenseman or top six forward, great. But typically those come with... Harsh acquisition costs. Mm -hmm. Canucks have already traded out some prospects and picks here in the Elias Lindholm deal. So for me, it's a depth piece up front. It's a depth piece on the back end. If I had to pick one, I think I'm going forward just because I'm not sure how you're going to hold up if you start losing forwards in the playoffs, not to mention is Nils O'Man as a fourth-line center, uh, going to do it for I know he's been decent on the penalty kill, but is he going to be able to be a performer in his first go with the Stanley Cup playoffs? So I, I voted fourth-line forward, but I can hear a case for all of them.
1: Yeah, I, absolutely. Um, I'm waffling between um, a fourth-line forward and blowing the doors off this with the top four D. All and, right. and And just... Talk to me. Insuring.
0: I, I don't necessarily have a name in mind. Mm-hmm. Well, there's Hannafin and Tanaff in yeah. Calgary, of course. Yeah. Yeah. There's Chikrin, potentially in Ottawa. I mean, it let me would, get to my list here.
1: It would seem like a right shot would be the best case scenario, and that's Chris Tanneff most notably. Um there are other options out there, but I just think in the absence of a forward group that is super responsible defensively. If you've got six granite block defenders or six granite block position holders, they're not necessarily all noted for defense, but I think a, a six emphatic National Hockey League defenseman, I think, makes you pretty formidable. Um, and and you know, if everybody got healthy, my goodness, they'd really have seven of them. And they'd be was, be able to withstand injury mm-hmm. during the playoffs as well. I mean, you have to assume, and of course, you got to you got to win the series before you move on. But if you're the general manager, you have to assume you make it past the first round. Like you have to you have to construct your team as if you're making it past the first round, as if you're going to feel the pressures of attrition. Of course. So got to get ready for an injury you got to get ready for somebody to be out and then what do you look like
0: you got to be ready for that how about matt dumba yeah and i've is he still a top i've been thinking a lot about matt dumba more on him uh yeah more on him more on him in a second uh let's get to our big story today canucks trying to win the road trip game in chicago against the blackhawks still no connor bedard he is on the ice, skating in a non-contact jersey prior to organized team practices and morning skates for Chicago, but he won't play tonight. Uh, our old friend Jason Dickinson centering the second line for the Chicago Blackhawks. Philip Kuryshev in the lo- in the role of first line center for the Chicago Blackhawks. Canucks, of course, two one and one on this road trip, meaning. Um, well, anything shy of a regulation loss is winning the road trip, right? Yeah, That's six of ten points if it's an overtime or shootout loss, and of course three one and one, another resounding success road trip. You've talked about winning weeks, Blake. Well, uh, forgive me. Are we starting on Mondays or Sundays? Sundays. Yeah, right. Calendar so, weeks. Well, calendar weeks. Then we've uh, already got a win in place. Sunday in Washington, win against Chicago. Here tonight would mean uh, any any point versus Detroit or Winnipeg would also be a winning week. Yes. In the Blake Price. They playoff. were just
1: 1 1 1 last week. So it was a, a push, if you will. But uh, I mean, as much as, and I'll steal from my soccer parlance from my other gig, um, it hasn't felt like they've been on the front foot lately. No. Like they're 2 1 1, but not really feeling like their normal selves. Mm-hmm. Boy, would that have to change the narrative the feel would have to change with an emphatic win here i mean you, you touched on some of the quote-unquote highlights of the blackhawks lineup here like go win this game for nothing go win it five to one we you thought should. they were
0: on their way to smashing chicago here at right. rogers arena two early goals and then they just basically sat back and cruised didn't need to yeah against what is one of the worst teams in the national hockey league and, and if i'm talking i bring that up like guys, mm-hmm. you you made that way closer, way tighter
1: than it needed to be in a game that it just shouldn't be. Be the better team. Mm-hmm. Go out and show that you're the better team, and and put the pedal to the floor. So uh, I uh, I hope they they find their front foot. And you know this is not high level opposition here, but it's getting it's going to get tougher. So remind yourself what it feels like to manhandle another team and do it in this game tonight. And I, and I think all of a sudden, a 3-1-1 then and an emphatic win, you kind of erase whatever feelings you might have right now about how they're, again, are they scuffling? Not really. They've just sort of plateaued, I think is probably the the most accurate way of describing them right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, still uh, awaiting word here on uh, roster and lineup for this evening, but um, maybe the three Swedes get together here. We talked about that yesterday. Do you want to see Hoaglander? And Lindholm with Pedersen, and then of course Jet Wu on his first NHL call up, number forty four he'll wear. We'll see if he gets if he gets an opportunity. Um, but yeah, the uh, Canucks, especially against this club, as you note, I think want to show something here because uh, it's kind of been some ho hum performances. Nothing. Haven't really played a complete game here in a while, right? No. Well, yeah. I mean, like if really nice Period the power nice play periods. was going, even strength wasn't. If even strength was going, the power play wasn't. Yeah. Uh, penalty killing, for the most part, has been pretty good. But uh, And, of course, um, goaltending as well, where Thatcher Demko was sublime in Washington against the Capitals. Okay. A uh, couple of couple of bits here uh, number one you tell me ESPN has uh, come to the table ranking Quinn Hughes as the number two defenseman in
1: the National Hockey League well it, this this is actually uh, a good news story in in a lot of ways and a little bit concerning in some ways as well so they did this last year and last year he didn't appear on any ballots at all in the top 10 defensemen in the league
0: that's crazy
1: yeah. This year, he finishes second in all the voting. This is talking to um, NHL executives, by the way, uh, and coaches perhaps too. This year, he finishes second behind Kale McCarr. But there is one that is identified as a general manager in the league. There's, there's a general manager in the National Hockey League that did not have Quinn Hughes in his top 10 NHL defenseman list. I lost you. Maybe
0: he's just forgetful,
1: I, and, and sometimes I think that that might happen, where a guy just has a brain yeah. fart and forgets that a guy exists.
0: And the reporter doesn't follow up and go, did "You didn't you vote on so and so. Did you mean to leave Hughes entirely off the list?" Just to review, Kill uh, Quinn, Hughes, really. They're donating their time here. This is yes. an exercise that yeah. I've done this in the past with where you talk to players, coaches, executives anonymously to fill you in on either a big game or a list you're doing and you're just happy if the person responds. I need it it's by Tuesday at 9 a.m., yeah. so at 8.45, <laughs> that person's
1: like, oh, crap, that list.
0: It's it's not like you're interrogating them.
1: <laughs> so I hope that's the case, because mm-hmm. you're right. There's a very real possibility that that's what happened here. But Quinn Hughes has a five-point lead on Kale McCarr right now, really late in the season. Like, you know, it's getting to the point where if Quinn Hughes gets – hot, and he's been pretty good lately in terms of points, but if he gets actually hot, he could run away and hide on Kale McCarr for the points race amongst defensemen. So for for him to be forgotten is
0: quite a leap. Yeah. But okay. Brock Besser did the Spitting Chicklets podcast, said he was happy that he finally got to 30 goals because it shut the Vancouver media up, and I'm here to say thank you for shutting us up, Brock. We had done the Brock Besser underachieving when is Brock Besser going to reach potential is Brock Besser still a goal scorer in this National Hockey League show a lot over the last what 5 years after that brilliant rookie debut now and and so I'm I'm happy that we're not sitting here talking about Brock Besser's struggles or Brock Besser's next NHL destination which had been so much of the narrative around the player and around the team for several years now. I will say this, hasn't scored on the road trip, has goals in two of his last 11 games, Mm. a hat trick against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And, you know, as we know, they're much like Chicago, kind of a a different animal in this NHL kingdom. Uh, So good on Brock. He talked about Tanaf being a father figure for the group, named him one of the top five beauties in the National Hockey League. We should do that. One day put together top 10 beauties or top five beauties, just and, and how you Keep define beauties is yeah. personal. So, anyways, um, but did we'll see know, if he can get back on track here playing with uh, JT Miller? That duo has stayed together through the line blending of Coach Talkett over the week. I hope
1: his comment was tongue in cheek because a most of the media was absolutely pulling for him, but based on how things have gone for him personally, um, to, to have a rebound. I don't know that we had the utmost faith that it was going to happen, but I think everybody was pulling for him. Uh, from the human side of things, to make that happen. And here's the other thing. It was him that also held that 30-goal mark with such a claim. He wanted to get to 30 goals badly. That's why that whole quote with, with J-Pat was, was sort of uh, stunning a couple of years back because he brought it up. This is the year I get to 30. He was the one that that's put that that flag in the ground said, I'm going to go get it. So, um yeah, I hope he's. So was. he's
0: at he's he's at thirty now. Yeah, they have what twenty nine games left. Yep. Does he get to forty?
1: I mean, it would be a disappointing end of the season if he didn't. And yet, it's it's funny. Like in the end of the season, you think that a bunch of guys are tracking for forty goals, and invariably, it seems like only a handful ultimately get past forty goals, and a few get past fifty. So. It seems the math just sees yeah he's getting the forty goals but it is hard the, the, the final third of the season it's a little bit tougher to score so uh, I I would and
2: expect as mentioned him, like
0: goals in two of the last eleven he's gone kind of quiet here yeah, there hasn't cooler. been a ton of of production out of Besser of late especially if you take that Columbus game out of the mix the one right before uh, right before the break he had gone what uh, six games I think in advance of that Columbus game mm-hmm. without a goal as well. And uh, points in just two other games during this eleven game stretch. Two assist night against the Carolina Hurricanes a week ago, and he had a couple assists in the uh, overtime. But loss to me, to the he's the, he's the canary Columbus. in the coal mine here of just that front footedness that I was
1: talking about. Like yeah. he, you know, like this team hasn't seemed assertive offensively. Great individual effort from from Hoglander and from Roanoke recently. Um but they haven't seemed systemically like we're coming, we're rolling shift after shift and and causing havoc. It just hasn't seemingly been there.
0: Yeah, and uh, frankly, not concerned at all. Uh, would prefer to see that version of the Vancouver Canucks rolling into the playoffs and not necessarily here True. in mid-February. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the things you don't that- want to lose that top seed though either. That's pretty important, uh, indeed. Um, more on that over the course of the program, particularly when we bring irf Gaffar in here to talk about Vegas, Edmonton and Vancouver, this potential arms race in the Pacific Division in advance of the National Hockey League trade deadline on March 8th. OK, I wanted to throw this at you because, yes, we mentioned it yesterday, been looking at it here for a few weeks now, but possibly a big night last night in the NHL with regards to separation in the Western Conference wildcard race. Calgary had played so well, lost at the Garden against the Rangers. Kraken lost to the Devils, and the Devils are equally desperate in the Eastern Conference. Arizona loses in Philadelphia. Again, a couple of teams that are desperate, and then maybe Minnesota uh, lives to fight another day by getting a victory. Uh, in Vegas against the Golden Knights, they are most desperate when you take a look at at their predicament. Seattle, 52 points in 52 games. Six back with four teams to jump and giving games to the Kings and Blues who are currently on wild cards. Arizona, 50 points in 51 games. Five teams to jump. Eight back and giving games to the Kings. Kings. That may be that for the Coyotes and Kraken. If you're taking an objective look at your hockey club, and you're in Bill Armstrong's seat in Phoenix, or you're in Ron Francis's seat in Seattle. I do think you have to look at it at this stage of the game, going okay, uh, twenty four days left, however many games. You know, even if we go on a big time heater here, it's so difficult to pick up points on teams in three point games, right? Not to mention leapfrog that number of teams. We have also talked about, you know, teams fall out. This could well be a buyer's market. The Arizona and the Kraken UFAs, the rentals-to-be from these clubs. I'm going to run you down the Arizona guys first. We talked about Dumba. He's at $3.9 million as a right-shot defenseman. Jason Zucker's at $5.3 million. Uh, Liam, Liam O'Brien, who certainly made a, a name for himself at Rogers Arena fighting Nick. I mean, yeah. he's a $775,000 guy, and our old friend Travis Dermott's there at $800,000. Those are the UFAs to be with the Coyotes. Do you have any interest there? Um, I, I do have interest in Dumba, but
1: at the right price. I mean, he's turned into just a physical presence and defensive defenseman.
0: And it's really because um, coming out, boy, he had all the athletic tools. I mean, huh? could he skate, had a 50-point year. Um, he's still playing 20 minutes a night. But he's not the complete defenseman that
1: he once was. No. Nope. And at 3.9, at a 29 years of age, like, what are you asking for if you're the Coyotes? Like, I know what you want. You want sun, moon, and stars, but you're not getting it. I think you might just be happy with stars.
0: So... Um, well, uh, and Arizona is one of those teams, Blake, that has so many draft picks
2: uh, now. So they might oh, want a warm only, only prospect the, only
0: one, Only one first round. In fact, they do not have additional first round picks over the next three years. But they have two extra seconds, two extra thirds, an extra fourth, and an extra seventh in this draft. Mm-hmm. They have three extra seconds and an extra third in next year's draft. And then they have two extra seconds and an extra third in the 2026 draft. So, look, you always take draft picks, but I'm not sure that would be atop the shopping list there. I think they're probably looking for players at this stage of the game. Probably. Unless they're totally stripping it down in preparation for a sale and a move here. But Is Pod Colson for Dumbo overpayment? Th- this was what I was getting at. Yeah. Is that a prospect trade if you're looking yeah. Arizona's way?
1: Uh, yeah. I, you know I love Pod Colson, folks. I'm not trying to get rid of him at all. But you, you, you have to you have to pay to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: Zucker's a former Penguin, we should mention. Now he... Uh, Twenty-two points in forty-one games, playing 14 and a half minutes. He's thirty-two now, and a five-point-three cap hit. That's uh, you know excessive, but twenty-seven goals last year with the Penguins and a better offensive team. Yeah, so you wonder if he could refine that touch. Now Seattle, Eberle at five and a half, Tatar at one and a half, Wenberg at four and a half, and then right-shot defenseman Justin Schultz at three and a half. That's an interesting list. Now, Tatar has not been a playoff performer over his career. No. There's word that Eberle, uh, that Edmonton is eyeing Eberle to get the band oh, back get together. Get the band back, yes, a little bit. Wenberg's a pass-first centerman. I'm not sure that's a fit here with the Canucks unless you're going to fully commit to Elias Andor or JT on the wing. And Schultz is a right-shot defenseman who's, who's fallen a little bit out of favor there. Um is playing, where is he playing, 50, 16 minutes a night. Schultz isn't the profile of a defenseman that the Canucks need. So. But another former Pittsburgh Penguins yeah, there. Yeah. they has agree- gone to that well so often that I feel like we have to note it every time a guy has worn the black and gold of the Penguins. Jordan Eberle's
1: listed at 5'11". Does he look 5'11 to you? I don't think he's 5'11". He seems smaller than that to me he looks 6 foot 5 because i covered his two world
0: junior performances unbelievable
1: character guy like he's you know i i would have that guy on my team certainly mm-hmm. but is he the finishing piece for the canucks in a playoff i i
0: don't know and, and with that salary, you need them to hold some back. So. It's nine goals and twenty nine points in forty eight games, playing seventeen minutes a night. Thirty-three years old now. Oh my god, I feel so old. Yeah, I know. He's thirty-three years old. Yeah. He'll always be the Canadian World Junior hero for me. Anyways, just wanted to point that out because we're now at the time where if you do intend on being a seller. You probably are going to give yourself some runway to gauge prices, see who's interested and what's your players. You know, I I suppose you could on the morning of trade deadline or the day before send out the missive, hey, we're open for business and ready to sell. But, you know, most of these general managers are going to want to lay a foundation or going to want to get a gauge on the market. So we're nearing the point if we're not already there with certainly these certain of these franchises where it's you-know-what or get-off-the-pot time. Here's the difference. And you start marketing your players, and you start taking calls, and you start seeing if you can counter and get the best deals possible.
1: Seattle Kraken um, have teased their fans with some decent play last year. Well, um, they
0: got to the—I mean, yeah, they, they got to Game 7 against Dallas. They yeah. were a goal away from going to the conference final. So for them to give up
1: early— I don't think so. I think they go right to the trade deadline to try to push it. They've got a building to fill. Mm -hmm. The Arizona Coyotes also have a building to fill, and it's the size of a shoebox. Oh, my. So they don't have the same pressure. They don't have to keep a fan base fully engaged. They need to keep 5,000 people fully engaged. And even maybe that is overstating it, maybe Mm -hmm. half engaged. So they've got a lot less pressure on them. So the Coyotes can bail way earlier Than anybody else can, and the math is worse for them than anybody else, too. So, um, I think my eyes are more on the Coyotes than they
0: are on the Kraken right now in terms of bailing early. Well, and um, as we look to the Eastern Conference, we talked about the Washington Capitals, how they're effectively in win mode now, win now, or be a seller. They got the Colorado Avalanche. On Tuesday night at their building, and then on Wednesday, the Penguins get the Panthers. So Pittsburgh and Washington, I think, are two other teams now to watch in terms of how much touch are you going to lose with your conference wild card race, and does that put you on the path to being a seller at the NHL trade deadline? Justin
1: on uh, YouTube: This team can score. They need a rat and a goon. <laughs> You, do you go goon and well, rat shopping? And, and
0: we we talk about this uh, in today's show and in in a video that you'll see uh, on our YouTube and our social media channels. It's not necessarily the are the Canucks tough enough discussion because you know toughness has taken on a different definition now in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You don't see all the fighting and I mean occasionally you see it when a game's out of hand, but you know size physicality hits leaning on a guy making sure your presence is known perhaps having a deterrent to some level you know you look at the Canucks you see some very big bodies there Nikita Zadoroff well, the is problem a scary is, guy it's defensive Carson and you Susi. can't you can't
1: lose defensemen to penalties right so you can't get the, you can't have poli- policemen on defense anymore it's too critical you need the defensemen available to you it needs to be coming from a forward. Do they have an idiot? Do they have that playoff idiot? The playoff idiot can be a useful thing. Well,
0: when you say idiot, I think Nassim kadri and getting himself suspended to the detriment of his well, team in the that, Stanley Cup playoffs. That's
1: unhinged, though. He, You know, I mean... Maxim
0: Lapierre. Maxim Alex Lapierre. Burrows.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's who I'm thinking of. Like, who plays that role? Um, I mean, Niels hoglander has got sort of a maniacal smile, but I don't think he's got it in him to... To be that idiot, that that poking, because you want to get them off their game in the playoffs. You see them be, the third game. By the third game, you hate each other already. But why do you hate each other? Give them a reason to hate you. Give them a reason to be distracted. Is
2: could Connor Garland perhaps? Could
1: Garland? I was just gonna say, could Garland or JT be that idiot? Said, again, having a having the top two or three players in your team being the idiot is diff is is dangerous. Um, because if you lose him to a major or something like that, he's out of the game and not helping you. Um, but yeah, I mean, Miller's going to provide sandpaper for sure. But I mean, a guy that really walks that line that if he gets a five minute major or a five and a 10, you're like, okay, he did a, did a job there and we don't
2: necessarily miss him. Captain Kanak on YouTube. Garland is our rat, which Cash McGregor replies. He's actually the most. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, okay, so maybe then, you don't need the rat. Th- then let me ask you, Liam O'Brien for $775,000. It's gonna cost you nothing. It's gonna cost you a D level prospect. Not a good enough. This is player. a journeyman who has, yeah.
2: you know. Pl- That's the thing. Like, they actually gotta be able like to. Like Max play. Lapierre
0: could play the sport of yes. hockey. No, of course he could. Of course he could. You know, so he could even he could play center ice, Max. He killed yeah. Pamela.
1: Like You do need to be able to play the sport. So again, we're 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 talking about Fine lines here about finding the right player. There's very narrow paths to find the, finding that perfect player.
2: Well, speaking of Seattle, but, Yanni Gord is that guy, but he's making five plus million and has term. Yeah, yeah. don't think too he much term. There. No, yeah. no. Yeah,
0: he was just was he not just signed this past yeah. summer? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they got twenty points out of him through fifty games. Yeah, I'd like to point out Blake Price with a. Robinson esque fine lines drop just now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the soccer play by play guy uh. hits you with the front foot uh. earlier and with a Robo Fine Lines here. Uh we're gonna get to the White Caps actually in our sports action sports interaction best bets here in mm-hmm. a moment. But first let's let's get to our, our let's get to our menu. Earth Gafar's gonna join us. He's been hanging out with JPAT on Rink-wide and plenty of trade deadline topics and situations to discuss with IRF. We'll get to some hashtags, the best and worst of Twitter. And today on hashtags, well, we're featuring head coaches politicking already. We are months in advance of the Stanley Cup playoffs and we are already got one NHL coach, and you won't believe where, who's already starting – the gamesmanship, and the willful blindness. Sedin is not Swedish yes, for yes. Yes. the slow baseball season there as well. John Shannon's going to join, and uh, we'll talk some football with BC Lions star defensive end Mattia Betts off to the National Football League.
1: Best bets, a presentation of Sports Interaction,
0: your homegrown sportsbook and casino. What do you got, Matt? Well, I'm not sure the Lions will be fine uh, down in Mexico against... Tigris for the Whitecaps on Wednesday. This is a massive ask of them to win down there at their ground. Uh, As we know, the Mexican League has already started, so this team, this side, should be in midseason form, whereas the Caps are just getting going. This is only their second for real match after the draw at Starlight in Langford. We do know that Vancouver either needs... A win or a tie of greater than 1-1. 1-1 tie puts us into uh, extra time here. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting goals. I would suspect that means they're giving up something on the other side. Could be a busy night for the Caps keeper. I'm going over 2.5 goals yep. and Pays at 1-8-0. That
1: stands to reason. It does. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets got off the Schneid. Um, they got their first win in five. But it wasn't super impressive. And believe it or not, the San Jose Sharks have got points in eight of their last ten games. Are
0: we going big dice roll
1: here? We are. Because hurdles out. <laughs> the Sharks over the Jets. Oh, boy.
0: 4-10 on tomorrow's menu how often do you see a i NHL keep paying for times. That's what, that's what attracted me. It's
1: of a course. big number. It's a big number. So let really I go there. <laughs> uh, sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book and casino. Custom props and parlays you won't find anywhere else. Speaking directly to a Vancouver sports fan and best-in-class casino with a 1,000-plus games and uh, live dealers. Scan that code you see on YouTube. 200% welcome bonus. And uh, it's Sports Interaction. Bet local. Must be 19 years of age. Please play responsibly.
0: Irf Kafar coming up next. Irfan Gafar has been joining Jeff Patterson on Rinkwide this season, and uh, I just got some news. He's buying dinner after Super Bowl weekend, oh. Blake. Welcome to the show, Irfan. How you doing, buddy? Great, guys. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Um, first things first, going to ask you our poll question. We're three weeks and a bit here from the NHL trade deadline. What do you perceive as the Canucks biggest need right now? We, we've got options on our poll for line forward or third pair defense, or if you want to go a bigger game hunting in the top six or the top four, but what do you perceive their biggest need to be right now? What do you think they think their biggest? is? I think is the easy
3: right answer right now would be, or the sexy answer would be a top six forward. I think that one's going to be a little bit more difficult to do, but from where they're looking at it, I think you got to go depth defenseman. You got to go someone that you're able to have in the lineup that can play in that seven, eighth role. If you don't need them every single night, you know, uh, Mark Friedman's been a nice story. Jet Wu, obviously, you know, it's going to be a nice story being called up and things like that, but you get another guy that goes down. You need someone that either has had some sort of experience of being in that position and being called up in a playoff position or someone that can actually you can plug in and play right away and not have to worry about anything. Okay,
1: Uh, go ahead. Uh, Given that we've seen a rotating door at the bottom of the lineup period at the bottom of the forward line, I mean, is it crazy to think that they might pick up a new fourth-line center? Because are they convinced that Niels O'Man is a starting center in the playoffs?
3: Yeah, see, that's the interesting one to me, right? Because if they go to the playoffs, Blake, and you have Elias Lindholm, you can go three centers. And I think that that part of acquiring him is obviously, yes, to be in the top six and, and and to play with a guy like Elias Pettersson or maybe even obviously like what, what we've seen with JT Miller and Brock Besser. But when you get into the playoffs and you're going against a team that's rolling their three, four lines, and you're gonna need a guy that's a third line center that has some experience playing in that position, Lindholm is their guy. So that's why I think another forward there probably is something that they'd be interested in. The name out there obviously remains to be Phil Kessel and the interest there. So to be able to have one, two, three C and have that there. I, I agree with you. Like, are they convinced that Amon can be the guy? I'm not entirely sure. That's kind of why I think they went and acquired Lindholm.
0: So let's stare to dream for a second and uh, play out the top six or the top six forward um, want or need, however you want to characterize it. Where do you think Pittsburgh's at with Gensel right now? I mean, you, you take a look at them. They're seven back in the wild card. Yeah, they got a couple of games in hand, but you got four teams to jump there. Where do you think they're at with Gensel? And do you think the Canucks have the wherewithal to go out and make another big trade for Gensel? Well, I
3: think in a dreamland, yeah, absolutely. They would love to acquire a guy like Jake Gensel. But there's also one guy in Pittsburgh that really still believes in his team, and that guy has a lot of say in that organization, and that's Sidney Crosby. And I think that Sidney Crosby really, really, really enjoys playing with Jake Gensel. I think he believes in that group. If they can get Eric Carlson looking half as good, as he looked last season, you know, that team might be able to have a little bit more success than they've been having. But Jake Gensel's is a name that's been out there, obviously linked to the Vancouver Canucks with the history with the management group here. Um, he's a guy the Edmonton Oilers have been looking at. There's no secret the Oilers want to add to their top six. I mean, Corey Perry probably isn't the answer to be playing with a guy like Leon Dreisaitl. So you know that they're in the mix as well um and really it's going to be up to whoever the Pittsburgh Penguins decide that gives them their best offer and if an offer comes or you know if the next 3 weeks things change with the way that their team's been playing Gensel Crosby and that management staff can say okay let's let's try and figure this out together
0: we're talking a player a prospect and a high pick for Gensel yeah Or
1: yeah. yeah. is yeah. even I more expensive would say than at least yeah yeah Okay. The price for Chris Tanev is not going down anytime soon. More teams were probably in the mix now than were a few weeks back. And yet the Vancouver Canucks continue to pine for him. Brock Besser was on spit and chiclets and still talked about him being dad to the young guys when, when he was there. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't a, oh, let's move on sort of answer at all. Um, these guys still want Tanev. I, I, I don't know how they make it happen, but they still do want him, don't
2: they?
3: No, it was definitely an, oh, let's move on. It was an, oh, I would have stayed if you would have offered me a contract. Mm-hmm. But that was the, one of the things that obviously didn't happen, you know, when, when Chris Tanev left, um, and look, 10 team, no trade list for Tanif We've heard Otto was in the mix. Obviously, nothing really happened there with the Flames. But the Aspen price is high. Is it going to be a first round pick? Is it going to be a second round pick? What's it going to take to get Chris Tanif There's a lot of contenders or th- teams that think they're the contenders. The Leafs, Morgan Riley played with Chris Tanif at the World Championships years ago. Went back to the Toronto Maple Leafs and said, I want to play with this guy. That's been happening there for a long time in Toronto For the Vancouver Canucks, I think getting, if they were able to somehow figure it out and acquire a guy like Chris Tanev, you know exactly what you're getting, a stability on the blue line, a guy that is incredibly good in the room. Obviously, Blake, you just mentioned Brock Besser talking on spit and chiclets there. And it's no secret, you know, Pedersen, Hughes, um, guys like Besser, Bo Horvat, obviously, you know, when he was coming up, talk about a guy like Chris Tanev. It's not, he's not the flashiest guy. You obviously, you know, see his mug all over the place. He eats pucks. For a living, but it's the professionalism. It's a guy that's been there very early on in his career. Guy was playing in game seven in the Stanley Cup finals. And that experience is something that isn't lost on a team that really doesn't have any experience as they head into the postseason. If he
1: had another year, I think you you, you play sun, moon, and stars, but with no years remaining. And the fact that hey, even right now, guys, he's getting dinged by pucks. He's leaving. He yeah. did it again. It's like the second game in a row where he's down the hallway. Like, you could acquire that guy and he could be injured in game three. Uh, I mean, that's why you're acquiring him in some ways, but it's a risky proposition, isn't
3: it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the one the other night, the arm into the post, oh, that was that, that probably didn't feel good. And like Tristanov does, sat on the bench, didn't go to the room. I know the room in, at Madison Square Garden is a little bit different, but didn't end up going to the room. But I, I think that, You know, he was top of mind for a very long time. And then when they went out and got Zadorov, I don't think things worked out too well there. And then obviously you go out and you get Lindholm, and then there was a thought that he may have been included in some sort of a deal there. Obviously, it didn't work out. But I do believe that they've circled back. I I think that they've had a discussion with the Calgary Flames to see what would happen there. And, you know, obviously the Canucks are definitely not on his (laughs) no-team-no-trade list.
0: Are is Calgary going to get a first round pick for him or, if, or do you think it's a, a second in a prospect or something like that?
3: I think right now, if someone offered him a first round pick, if someone offered them a first round pick, they, they'd they go ahead and take it. But I mean, the flames have been cooking a little bit soon, to, yeah. or a little bit of recent late too. So I think when you look at organizationally, they say, okay, can we get in the mix here? Can we be a team that maybe goes and sees if we can get into one of the wild card positions? Uh, if I'm the flames, I'm trying to uh, obtain as many assets as I possibly can. What do you do? You really want to go into the playoffs and maybe get a chance in the first round, or do you want to try and build your team for the future? And I think that's a goal in mind that they should definitely have.
0: On that depth defenseman um, if they go about adding one of them, and I think there's a, a fair to good chance that they are, what do you think's most important for them with that piece? Is it handedness? Is it, Cup experience? Is its size? Like what kind of profile do you think they're looking at for that depth defenseman? I
3: think it's it doesn't necessarily need to be cup experience. I think they would like someone with playoff experience, someone that's actually been in the trenches. You don't need to have made a cup final to know what playoff hockey's like. Obviously, the only playoff hockey that some of these guys know is the bubble. And then that was obviously unique in itself. But when you look at what their need is, I think it's a guy that you can depend on that can come in every couple of nights, if you really need to, if you need a guy that's a seven, eight guy, that's going to guy that's going to be out there working late after practice. a guy that's probably pretty good in the room guy that has some good character um, and definitely a, a, a guy that you aren't hesitant to put in. I think that when you look at depth defensemen and things like that kind of get lost and okay, he's really not going to play. Well, no, if you're the Vancouver Canucks and you, you know, you've been pretty good with, you know, guys not getting hurt this season um, you want a guy that would be able to play at any point in the lineup.
0: Something else we've been kicking around for the last week because you know, we've already mentioned the Edmonton Oilers here. Vegas Gold Knights, and you got to yeah. fee- you got to think that Vegas is going to try and do something here, right, in defense of the title. They've taken some big swings there in the past. Can you see an arms race here in the Pacific? Can you see teams going out and adding up because their uh, opponents, direct competitors in the Pacific? Have it loaded up?
3: Oh, 100%. I mean, when the Canucks went out and got the door off, and everyone's like, okay, well, they added some size on the blue line. And then they out go out and get Elias Lindholm. And then you say, okay, well, they're definitely thinking that they're contenders here. Like, they they definitely are going all in. So the Edmonton Oilers get worried. We know the talk in Edmonton Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl don't make a cup final. or Like, for them, it's it's cup final or bust for that team, that organization. Only a few, few more years left for both of those players. The Vegas Golden Knights, Matt, and you mentioned, like, that team always is in the mix. Obviously, you know they just they're winning the Stanley Cup and 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 being a team that you know they kind of got to do the Vegas thing. They always got to be in the mix. They got to sell it to their fans. So that's a team that interests me as well. But you look further, a little bit further down the list of teams in the Western Conference, the Dallas Stars are an interesting one as to a team that could definitely add and could kind of are kind of going about their business a little bit more quietly. But they're a team that you know obviously if the Canucks make it a little bit further down the road in the playoffs that their team that could be in the Western Conference. Do you think
1: they make any defensive trades? We've talked about the Canucks acquiring somebody to take them away from other people. And is that a possibility?
3: I think so. I think right now, when you look at this Western Conference and you look at the league and how many good teams there are in this West Western Conference, like teams are going to have to load up. And I really do believe when the Canucks went out and acquired Elias Lindholm, other teams around them panicked a little bit. Vegas is like, oh, wow. Okay, they're going right in. Mm-hmm. Edmonton and Oilers are like, we have to do something right now. We really do. We got absolutely smoked by them. And then a couple of times this season, and we can't have this again. And then you look at you know, a, a team like the Winnipeg Jets quietly going about their business and, and seeing the guys that, that, that they've been um, dealing with and, and obviously acquiring. And then you know, I mentioned Dallas Stars as well. But I, I think that you're going to see a lot of activity. I think the teams at the top are going to want to improve um now whether they're able to give away way too much for someone i think that that one remains to be seen but i don't think we've definitely seen the last of of teams kind of uh, try to improve their hockey clubs.
1: okay what one last playoff question for me mm-hmm. all right we haven't had to ask this question in a number of years <laughs> are they snarly enough oh boy are they sandpapery enough mm-hmm. are they mean enough To play in the National Hockey League, and are they gonna
0: get retribution on Jake Wallman for his grit?
3: No, see that uh, it's hilarious. You mentioned that because that's what I—that's exactly what I was gonna say. I mean, people in this, you know, in this market and fans online are like, "Well, they had to go after him." I mean, defenseman scored a overtime penalty shot to win the game. I'd be excited to. You're allowed to celebrate. Yeah, at that point, if you're really bad about it, don't don't do the penalty. Don't do that. Win the hockey game. I think Mm. that's one of the things. But to be completely honest, I... I don't think they are. I think the book on the Vancouver Canucks, if you look at the team, the teams that have beat them is lean on them, is play physical against them. You look at the Boston Bruins, right? You, you, you look at that game. You know, you look at teams that have played them. The Vegas Golden Knights beat them four-one. Um, These uh, next few
1: Vegas points. games are going to be interesting, right? Uh, wow. You got a lot of oh, games left yeah. versus Vegas. So
3: you got Vegas, you got Winnipeg, you got LA a few times. Mm-hmm. Like they've got some big games against some big teams. So I think the book on the Canucks right now is lean on them. Play on the physical and obviously don't take penalties because you're going to get cooked. So right now, I don't believe they're tough enough. But I mean, you can add some sandpaper and and things like that. But uh, it it it's definitely something that I believe is in the mind of them.
0: The match. blue line's pretty heavy. The forward yeah. line's not so much. Yeah. No. No. Uh. Quite. And you know, he meant Earth mentioned it earlier. How comfortable are you with Nils? On in a playoff series, you know, we've been talking about it for some time here, like Linus Carlson, Phil DiGiuseppe. Like, are you really trusting these guys in a playoff series? So it's going to be fascinating over the next few weeks. Last question for me, Earth, but are you at all worried about their form having looked very good? Top six in particular here for the last little while, this guy tried to tell me that they're damn near out a slump here. Uh, two one two one 2 one and one is the slump yeah. now, Perf. What do you think?
3: Well, it's crazy. I mean, you you look at some of this. Like this team has been so good this season and banked so many wins in their back pockets. We're just looking at something to pick at, right? So you look at the game against the Boston Bruins. They were terrible in that hockey game. The Bruins just flat out slapped them, right? And then you go into this weekend. You see the game against the Detroit Red Wings, and obviously, you know the the overtime winner, and they're. Or in that game, the the concerning part was there was that third period. Yeah, they're going to want to have it back and whatever. Then you go against the Washington Capitals. Okay, you get the win there, but it was pretty much gifted to you. I mean, like, in overtime there, you're going to take in your chances a little bit. But I I just think this team is now going to start to have to figure it out a little bit. I think they're at the end of the road trip here against, obviously, the Chicago Blackhawks. And then you come home and you barely leave your time zone. So they get a lot of home cooking. They get a lot of of being able to have that advantage of being on home ice. I think there's a period in March, we're like nine straight at home. So we're definitely going to see this team uh, get some wins, bang some more wins in their back pocket. But again, uh, until that there's an X beside their name and, and and they've clinched the playoff spot, like I think a lot of guys in that room believe that they really haven't accomplished anything yet.
0: Yeah. And uh, rightfully so. Uh, stay hungry here on road to the playoffs. Awesome stuff, Earth. Thanks for the time, buddy. We'll catch up soon.
3: Gentlemen, thank you so much.
0: Mr. some Price from Wall Center
1: presentation, Applewood Auto Group. Applewood Mitsubishi in Richmond. They are the proud purveyors of the Mitsubishi Outlander that I've had the pleasure of driving. Do you, but did you know that all in stock models right now can get financing for just
0: 2.99%? Plus, you gave the industry's best warranty. Why wouldn't you go to Applewood Mitsubishi in Richmond? It's all good at Applewood. Poll question today What position do the Canucks most need to upgrade? The fourth line forward, the third pair defense? you still believe top six, top four, or you can vote none? have seen a lot of Canucks fans say, you know what? Don't mess with this chemistry too much. Vote at Securson Price on Twitter and YouTube. Speaking of Twitter, hashtags is the best and worst of twitter.com. Look, I, we are in the—we're uh, about to get into the season here of NHL head coaches politicking, pretending they're blind— Sheldon Keefe with a beauty this week out of Toronto. At at D. Alter, David Alter. Sheldon Keefe's reaction to Morgan Riley requiring an in-person hearing. Here's our coach. Quote, I was surprised. We spent a lot of time watching pretty much every cross-check that's happened in the last number of years, and the ones that I thought were similar in nature to Morgan's were nothing close to requiring that. Did you really, Sheldon? you looked you, at every you looked at every all cross just
1: just by happenstance yeah
0: was it like 1300 games a year yeah then there's but it gets richer but at the same time there's a history of events that happen in Toronto and with the leafs they get more attention more hype that tends to lead something to something such as this so oh, stop it to that end not surprised it's out of our hands. We'll get ready to play tomorrow. Yeah. The woe is me from Leaf Nation. Everybody plays their best against us. Sheldon. Stop it. Word for you. There are cameras in every NHL arena. Every game is broadcast. Yeah. It's not like some go- happen out in the hinterland with only live witnesses. This wasn't an MLS preseason
1: game where you're not allowed to tell <laughs> the score. Right. Um, yeah.
0: It, Anyways, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot. I, I think that sounds like a head coach who's looking around, going, "I don't think we can lose our best defenseman for a number of games in a tight playoff chase like this. Mm-hmm. So let's go out uh, Let's go out, and lay it on thick there.
1: I also saw a lot of comparisons to cross checks that were in game from people. Oh, but this game, this one only got three games or two games. Yeah, they look at it differently. When the game is over and you're cross-checking somebody in the face, they look at that differently because the game's over. Dale Hunter, right? Yeah. At Glass City FC, uh, a uh, Whitecap account for the most part, um, Mm -hmm. Whitecap News account. And a good
0: one, a good follow.
1: But this time he's uh, just taking a couple Screw all a screenshot of uh, an online newsletter Uh, From former Vancouver magazine reporter, his name is uh, Raymond Tomlin. It's actually from like last week, waxing on about the future of BC Place. And he says, well, again, this isn't Glass City, this is Raymond Tomlin. While it is true that David Eby has stated that it is probable the government will spend between $304 million on a renovation of BC Place to meet the requirements of the bodies bringing the Invictus Games and the FIFA World Cup to Vancouver... In fact, reliable sources have told Van Ramblings, that's the name of the newsletter, that the long-term plans for BC Place involves moving the aging stadium to Hastings Park, over which the city of Vancouver has jurisdiction. Now, walk you through this, not actually picking up the building and moving, just substituting a stadium at Hastings Park with the stadium downtown, it goes on to talk about how the province then would, in conjunction with with a guy by the name of Francesco Aquilini, developed the BC Play site. You don't say. Uh, part of the Hastings Park imagining would be a light rail system from the North Shore ah. down down Hastings.
0: Trained in the North Shore. Sounds good. Sign me up. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, Stadium it, it, downtown, though, better. Generally is better. Better.
1: Generally is better. Even with transit to the park, it's one arm of transit. Like, are mm-hmm. you going to link up that? I mean, I guess you could do a quick line from from the Low Heat Line to to there potentially, but
2: still waiting for my bridge from Port Moody to North Van. Oh, okay. I
1: don't think that's happening no.
0: anytime soon. Nope.
2: So I, I mean, well, dare to dream here.
0: I mean, I would note. We just spent a half billion dollars renovating BC Place, so. Well, about to spend more, yeah. Yeah. It's like. Putting I, would, I the, would like to, I mean, there's a world of, it's a school of thought that maybe you're committed to that stadium on that property.
1: Yeah, but as Montreal has apparently with the yeah. big O,
0: <laughs> yes. At baseball underscore ref, baseball reference, Jorge Soler has reportedly agreed to a. Three-year deal with the San Francisco Giants. Soler was one of the 10 players with at least 35 home runs and an OBP of 340 last season. Yeah, he was tied to the Blue Jays earlier in free agency. They went off and signed Justin Turner. He's one of the best free agents available, and it's February 13th, and he signed. How slow is the baseball offseason? Pitchers and catchers are reporting Thursday. There are still a ton of prime free agents available, and then there's the San Diego Padres, who on Monday re-signed outfielder Jerickson Profar, former Northwest League star when he was a mega prospect coming up with the Texas Rangers. That gives San Diego three major league outfielders. No, usually they can requirements now fill out an outfield. Yeah, now they got a bunch of non-roster invitees to to camp to spring training who play outfield. But they now have three guys who have played outfield in the major leagues attending camp.
1: I checked their team snap though, and there's three guys that are maybe to show up for the first game. Gotcha. Uh, so if they if they change the maybe to a yes, then <laughs> they'll have more players available.
0: I mean, I guess we're gonna see a flurry here in the next week or so with the baseball free agents. It has been I mean We had Otani sweepstakes, and everybody said, oh, Otani now gone, that will unlock, the dominoes will fall. Not quite. We had Yamamoto sweepstakes, everyone said, oh, that's the domino, the others may fall. Like, Blake Snell is a Cy Young, in and out, every year type of guy. Unsigned.
1: Yeah, it's
0: so bizarre. Like, what are they waiting for? I guess teams are just trying to put the screws to the players and the agents and making them sweat a little well, bit. Well, Solaire's deal's not bad. Well, guy hit
1: 36 jacks last year. Yeah. I mean, oh, he can hit. $14 million is pretty pedestrian, unbelievably. Really, yeah,
0: I mean, those pitchers tend to do pretty well.
1: Though. Yeah, they do. Uh, at Lassie Mac, Lisa uh oh, covering wow. the Dallas Stars. Well done. I did my best. Pete DeBoer says Evgeny Dodonov will miss extended time with a fracture suffered in Montreal. Don't so much care about that as they do the quote tweet then from at NHL Injury Viz. The Stars haven't had a skater with an injury absence of more than 14 games since the 2021 season. And I don't mean 2021, although that is inclusive, the 20-slash-21 season. Like, wow. Like you think things have lined up nicely for the Canucks this year with the lack of serious serious injury. The Stars haven't had to deal with that for almost a half decade.
0: Like that's crazy. Imagine being the forward with the Texas Stars who is just one injury away. Right. Ahead. Yeah, he's always one injury <laughs> away. <laughs> and now you've played 300 AHL games.
1: Yes. Thinking can somebody just break There's a leg? Nobody rip the out
0: in this franchise. And then lastly for me, at J. Jones Curl, Jennifer Jones. I have some news to share, and she goes on to announce that this will be her final Scotty's Tournament of Hearts. She's a six-time champion. She's the Olympic champion from 2014, Sochi. She's a two-time world champion. She said she's going to continue to play mixed doubles with her husband, 49 years old, and she is credited by TSN with the all-time curling shot to win the 06 Scotties in the 10th end, a hit and roll to the button over Ontario. That has been clearly one of the most recognizable, visible curlers in Canadian history. Absolutely. I mean... She's a great conversation, too. Yeah. I mean when
1: I think women's curling certainly it's, I, it's, now, it's her
0: and Schmirler
1: and Colleen Jones and Coleen, maybe. yeah yeah
0: but yeah. you know she's she's been going at this for a while yeah mm-hmm. crazy it's, you got some longevity in that sport and that's hashtags for today joined now by john shannon the former executive producer of hockey night in canada the co-host of the bob mccallan podcast who uh who's talking code this week oh john. i am not do you not have a copy of,
1: do you have a copy of the code do you have the yeah, original exactly. code
0: send me your version yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh,
1: the uh, I'll, I'll treat the uh,
4: the code that i have it's in a a leather bound book uh yeah, it that's was done in 19, 1966 it was uh, given to me by frank selkie jr when i joined hockey night in canada <laughs>
1: so <laughs> I, I want like maybe this thing exists it's like the holy grail for hockey oh. where is the original book of code um the,
4: the code exists whatever's convenient boys yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever is convenient let's face it I mean gosh I mean it <laughs> I don't even and there was a point you know I, I must maybe I'm just getting soft in my old age um I, I used to try to defend it and think that it was you know there was a right way and a wrong way it it's just it blows in the wind it blows in the wind and just you know let's we get to the point in these situations that what we saw on saturday night in ottawa was a little tantamount to what we see every monday night on raw
1: yeah, right? yeah a little bit yeah. a little bit
4: yeah and so let's enjoy it let's let's get the rivalry going let's get people heated let's have some fun Come
1: on. Like Brad Marchand air pumping the Stanley Cup over his head in Vancouver a few years down the road. Like a complete dick move. But no. Chef's kiss, like it was like no. 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 it was perfect. But if but if you're a Bruin fan, it was great. I think it's great, period. Like if you're a Canuck fan, yeah. you'd be like, oh man, what what an idiot. But I'm he waiting. can do that because he did it. Like, it's just like, you have to have some characters, don't you? Absolutely. Now, I, I you know,
4: as I so, said to some people in the league office yesterday, when we were talking about Ridley Greg, I said, I, I didn't mind the slap shot. I've never played. So I didn't mind the slap shot. The net didn't get hurt. Nothing was. And, and this was, this was him saying, you know, we finally beat the Maple Leafs again. And aren't we having some fun for, you know the sixty-five hundred senators fans that were in the nineteen thousand seat arena because they had sold all their everybody else yeah. had sold their tickets to Leaf fans. Yeah. You know, so I, I I have no issue with what Ridley Gregg did, and then Morgan Riley, who and I have friends that have said this the last forty-eight hours. Well, wow, he's such a good guy. No, he screwed up. He screwed up. Yeah. And there are ways to be pissed off. When you can walk over to a guy and say you're pissed off, he just you know crossed the line, period, and he will pay for it. Yeah.
0: No, same thing. We know Morgan here is Dad Andy's a big listener to the show. Uh, love him as a guy, love him as a hockey player, but yeah. uh, he's going to get suspended and justly, uh, justifiably well, and so. I, I, I'll right. be
4: honest, and and sorry to interrupt, Matt, but I had more issue, and I and I had more issue earlier in the day with Jake Wallman doing the gritty. Oh, I did. And then I did Ridley Greg doing the slap shot. I did. I had more issue with it. I, you know, I, I was checking who was on the ice or close to the ice, but every all the Canucks were on the bench still. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the issue? Just, you don't want to see dancing too long, too much.
4: No, yeah. no. My point is, is that, you know, I, I I'm being facetious in mm. just the fact that, you know, we want, players to show emotion and individuality at times. And this is a great opportunity for Wallman to do it. And yet it is so anti-code that I've ever seen in my life.
0: Yes. Fair enough. enough.
4: Come on. Do we want personality in the game or not?
1: But, you know, invariably on social media, John, when people are, you know, defending uh, Riley's actions, it's these this bro mentality of this is a tough man's game and he can't you know show people up he's gonna he's gonna feel the sword you know if you do if you're so tough why does the empty net slapper offend you so much like like or a dance or the dance if you're yeah. that tough why is that offensive no, exactly. to you you seem very paper yeah. thin actually not very tough um, I tell I just you
4: I, I tell you, if I'm a Maple Leaf fan, I'm I'm a little more concerned about what this team does without him. Right. That, what that is yeah. that's the bigger right. story, and and I, I I think that was part of Saturday night because I think the the frustration wasn't the slap Slapshot as much as it was, oh man, we got our hand, We got our dinner delivered to us by its 29th in the National Hockey League. Yes. The pro- we have problems and we are all 0-5-1. We've got problems. And, that has- and they're going to lose their best defenseman. They've got
0: problems. And that is often my point in retribution or response via the code is it often puts you at a competitive disadvantage. We know that in this market from 20 years ago with Todd Bertuzzi. John, which brings me to Nikita Zadorov on Lucas Raymond, which was a bad hit and another justifiable suspension. What do you think? Do you think Detroit's coming in here uh, Thursday, or just does nobody want any part of big Nikita Zadorov?
4: The only thing I would say is, um, you know, it, it, it's incumbent on Derek alone and probably more so on Steve Eiserman. Say, boys, um, we we need two points. You know, we can't sacrifice this stuff. You know, we can. History's a history's long. We can find some other way in some other time. But the Red Wings need points, and if they're going to sacrifice vengeance for moving up in the standings, then shame on them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think Eiserman's. I do think Steve, I think Steve's, if not the smartest, but one of the smartest guys in the game. I think he understands better than anybody else. I really do. And I don't, I I suspect the way the Red Wings play that they will play um, aggressively, but I don't think they'll play stupid.
1: Sometimes the NHL does take into consideration a rematch that's that proximal and they make sure that that guy's suspended for the rematch. like they could have just had three games and then Zadorov's not there, and but, the chances but, for revenge isn't there, but they didn't.
4: I, I don't i I don't I actually don't think they do that very no? often. I think they try to look for a level of consistency of what the headshots are all about. mean uh, the problem one of the problems is in the last three or four weeks, even prior to the break, uh, there have been a lot of headshots, and we've seen a lot of three three game and two game suspensions, um, and I think that that's probably frustrated the league office more than anything else. Is saying, guys, we're aren't you getting the message? Aren't you understanding that you know we are going to be really tough on hits to the head somehow, some way? Uh, I mean, I, I look at uh, Brendan Dillon in, in Winnipeg. Uh, he got three games for the uh, the the, the Shaan Achary in Pittsburgh. Uh, it it is, it it is. Fr- I'm sure it's frustrating. Uh, not as much for George Peros, who's trying to do the job. But I'm sure it's frustrating for the commissioner and for Colin Campbell and Bill Daly. Say, so, boys, we've got to be better at this. We've got to be better at controlling our emotions and finding a way how to have a body check without hitting the head.
0: On to the Vancouver Canucks, John, we're asking here today on our poll question about biggest need for the hockey club. Um, Obviously, you'd like to improve your top six or your top four, but you tell me whether you think they can do that after already giving up the assets for Lindholm and and whether or not you see something like that again or something like uh, depth moves.
4: Well, I, I I, I don't think you can have too many defensemen. Um, And particularly with Carson Soucy out now for a while, uh, who knows how long, Um, you know, I I think that if this team is to go uh, on a long trip through the playoffs, you're going to need eight or nine defensemen to be successful. Uh, I like their forwards. Uh, I I think at a certain point, management has to look at this and say, okay, we've made the change we made. We got the guy we wanted. And now we believe in this group, and I, and I think that's a twofold situation. We like this group so much that we went out and got Gatlin to help enhance it. So we believe in all you. Um, now let's let's make that work. But I think the depth on the blue line is still very important for any team that thinks it's going to go even to the third round in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So to me, it's a depth defenseman. I don't have an answer for you who that is. Would I love to see Chris Tanner back in Vancouver? Sure, I would, but I'm not sure how practical that is of what they have to give up.
1: Let me throw a name at both of you. I've, I haven't brought this name out yet. Um, and he used to be perennially named, uh, kind of linked to the Canucks a little bit, um, just because the fit. Um, but he used to be named all the time in the last couple of years of his previous contract. How about Matt Dumba in Arizona? He's been getting some mention, but very not, not a ton and not linked to the Canucks at all. But his value is way down because he's not the fifty-point defenseman he once was. He's got six points this year, but he's right side. He can play physical now. He can sometimes be off the hook a little bit, John, and and get you a suspension that takes him out of the quiver. Um, but would that be uh, the kind of playoff fit for the for a Vancouver Canucks team that isn't notable for being super tough?
4: Yeah, I, I mean, what you again? I think it speaks to what you're giving up more. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a cap perspective, what, I think he's at about four and a half. I don't have the numbers. He's in actually cheaper. Three, nine, nine, three yeah. nine Sean. <laughs> okay. Um, so you know, when you prorate it from March the 8th, uh, it probably is affordable for the team, but it's it, in the end, it's, it's what you're giving up. I think that's the other challenge. Is Yeah, we're going for it. Yeah, we're going to do this, but, you know, we, we still have to play next year and we have to play the year after that. And we have to have. We have to have some guys on entry-level deals at some sure. point in order to to play a season. And and I, I do think um, if this group with Rutherford and Alvin um, are here in Vancouver long term, uh, I don't think you can leave the covered bear like they have. They left the covered bear in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And and so that's that will be the that'll be the push pull. Uh, I, I suspect that Jim will say, "Let's go. We're going to do it. We're going to do it." And Patrick's who I suspect is going to be in the job longer than Jimmy will be. And I hope I don't don't get a phone call from Jimmy about that, but that's okay. I'm used to, um, (laughs)
0: the,
4: um, you, you have to, you have to look to the future a little bit. And that becomes the real challenge.
0: Pittsburgh is seven out now. Um, albeit with games in hand, but with four teams to jump, do you know where, uh, the Penguins are leaning on at this moment on Gensel
4: (laughs) no but I I don't know why we'd limit it to just Gensel Mm -hmm. um you you know I and I think that that's going to be the real debate for Kyle in Pittsburgh is is you're not getting rid of Sid uh although my pal McCowan did suggest it last week on the podcast with Eddie Olczyk so why not think about getting rid of not thinking getting rid of Sid and getting lots in return and and rebuild now. I just I think there would be a riot in the streets in Pittsburgh. Um, I so I, but I mean I think everybody else should be on the board too. But I'm not sure anybody would take Malkin or Latang. Um, Gensel's got to be at the top of the list, and I don't mm-hmm. know where. And I again, it becomes what teams can afford. I, you know, there's been a little bit of rumbling that perhaps Edmonton might be interested in Gensel. I just don't know how they can afford it. Mm-hmm. I don't Same know what you have to. Do. To, in order to in, in order to get them, Jake Gensel would be a good get for any team that's prepared to make a long playoff run, but you know he's not on an entry-level deal now, and yeah. he's expensive, and that becomes a real
0: challenge. Uh, basically the same question on the Kraken. They've lost three in a row here. They're exactly 500 at 21, 21, and 10. Uh, six back, again, with four teams to jump. Um, where do you think they are in terms of the... Um, buying, selling side of the deadline.
4: Well, I think there's no more pragmatic person in the game than Ron Francis, uh, and he will not mortgage the future for the present. We know that he's in for the long haul. Uh, so I suspect that there will be some movement for the Kraken, but I, you know, it's not going to be a core guy. Uh, you know, they the issue with Seattle has been who scores goals. So you're not getting rid of goal scorers. Then you have to look at the blue line and wonder if there's somebody on that blue line that they can give up and get some more potentially young players or draft picks that they can use for the long term.
0: Lastly, you see those Super Bowl numbers, John?
4: Ooh. Wow! You know, every. But hey, by the way, I, I was glued. I, I I was glued. I loved it. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. Was it the greatest football game? No, it wasn't the greatest football game. It was, it was a pretty good second half. There was never a doubt in my mind that Kansas City would win the game. Never, you know. You give them the ball last; they're going to score, Mm -hmm. and they did twice at the end of end of regulation and the end of uh, the the first overtime period. Um, But man, oh man, one hundred and twenty three million. It also speaks to uh, uh, you know, and halftime outrated the game. Yeah, halftime. I mean, it's you know, it's a it's it's a, a tried and true recipe mm-hmm. get a good star get a big star and put him on that uh on that stage and uh, you will outdraw the game and that's what usher did by the way yeah. i know it's a very you know i i guarantee you that usher did not get a cent for that show he
0: doesn't they no longer pay the halftime right. act they get right. all the ancillary benefits of the downloads and, and, and everything what a that- shock
4: mm-hmm. i'm driving down the gardner expressway right this morning and he's got a new album out yeah and he's got a tour coming.
0: what yep. a shock yeah, and those will both sell pretty well. Gosh, uh, John, this game rivaled the moon landing for television viewers. It's the first here, here, thing but, man, here's, here's to the rival problem. the moon landing in 1969.
4: So Here's the problem, Maddie. Mm-hmm. I've watched both of them.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> wisdom, John. It's wisdom. It's not a problem. It's wisdom. <laughs>
0: It was John that. Four Shannon, by, everybody, he's one of the four by three. Million. That four by three black
4: and white and me and Neil Armstrong, just the two of us.
1: <laughs> it, it, it used to be embedded in a piece of furniture, right? The television <laughs> was furniture back then.
4: Oh yeah. yeah. Oh man.
0: <laughs> great stuff, sir. Until next week. Cheers, boys. To Carson Price from Wall Center. You can a presentation at World Auto Group. You can text us 77840296 80 Okay, on to football news where it is a it is the case, Metchia Betts, the fine defensive end of the British Columbia Lions, is turning in the black and orange for the silver and blue of the NFL's Detroit Lions. I mean, 29 years old, good on him. You don't see you don't tend to find guys leave the CFL that late in life for the NFL but he's done everything required of him up here to get an opportunity. So, what do these futures contracts mean? Means for the moment we are bringing you to mini camp. Yes. And then if we like what you see to training camp. So, there is a world where Matthew Betts could be back That's on insane. the open market. Happens late all June, the there's a ton yeah. of turnover with this class of player. Uh, of course, the Detroit Lions have not yet gone through NFL free agency. They have not yet gone through the draft. So they could very well change their mind and change their plans after those two exercises take place. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're wishing them well. Well, but I mean, it- you know, they go out and draft a defensive end in the first round. And then, you know, some undrafted free agents at that position they like sign, you know, the next thing you know. They may have a full kitty there in terms of the number of edge guys that they're willing, yeah. to bring to camp. But you know, wish him the best. It would be quite a remarkable story if he were to make the NFL at that age. Of course, once upon a time we uh, we remember Cam. Do you know Cam Wake's on the Hall of Fame ballot next year for the NFL? Really? Yes.
1: <laughs> Don't like his chances. Once, no, <laughs> no.
0: Uh, but by the same token, uh, had a marvelous NFL career. Cam Wake did. How old was Biggie when he went down? good question i think
1: he was probably around that age but i'm
0: not sure you're talking about with new orleans yeah the last yeah yeah have to look
2: at that but i think it was like two three years ago yeah he had some
1: years under his belt here already so
2: i thought you meant biggie smalls when you said that
1: yeah him did he try out (laughs) in the nfl
2: no but he went down too oh (laughs) oh (laughs) wow
1: Well, Take, that's where I thought you were going. We've taken a dark turn here. My goodness. Oh, sure does at halftime. We went half from
0: talking about this uplifting story of yeah. a young Canadian late blooming into, his, into threw, an NFL opportunity. It you want to talk me about off. dead rappers.
2: R.I.P. You threw me off, man.
1: Uh, Tomorrow, we deal with Tupac. Yeah, exactly.
2: I hear there's a break in the
0: case. <laughs> Uh, First day of CFL free agency, Dakota Prukop has signed with the Lions. Now, our friend Farhan Lalji expecting he will be the third quarterback. He's a very good short yardage runner, unlike Cody Fajardo. Yeah, yeah. He'll amount to nothing. I'll still fight you on that one. (laughs) Fajardo may be good at the other things now, quarterbacking-wise, but that's short yardage play. Uh, Farhan also... Suggesting the Lions talking with Taylor Cornelius and Jake Dolagala. Um, I mean, Dolagala threw for 400 yards against them last year as a member of Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And Cornelius has, of course, been part of the Edmonton Elks franchise. Four Canadians invited to the NFL Combine. Speaking of, you know, Mattia Betts going down there. Isaiah Adams, an offensive lineman from Illinois in Ajax, Ontario. Theo Johnson is probably going to be a second-round pick from Penn State tight end. From Windsor, Tanner McLaughlin had a terrific year for the University of Arizona Wildcats. Shout out Raj Muti. Uh, he's from Lethbridge. And then a uh, FCS lineman from Howard University, a name Danquah from Brampton. It uh, figures to be another pretty decent year for Canadians, actually, at the NA- NFL draft. I, I suspect Adams and Johnson for sure, and maybe even McLaughlin and Danquah, will get selected amongst the seven rounds. And there could be some free agent uh Contracts available for some other Canadian players. We shall see. Super Bowl viewership. We touched on it with John Shannon. TSN saying an average audience of 10 million viewers across TSN, CTV, RDS becomes the most watched Super Bowl on record. The game is one of the top five most watched English language broadcasts on record in Canada. And then the U.S. side, 123.4 million across all platforms, shattering the Super Bowl record. As CNN reported, it (laughs) is—and Alec Loon, at Alec Loon with a a quote tweet here, it only took 50 years in a tabloid romance with Taylor Swift, but the Super Bowl has finally rivaled the Apollo moon landing— For number of viewers, yes. Going back to 1969, the Apollo 11 moon landing did between 125 and 150 million.
1: I saw another great tweet uh, quote, tweeting this saying, um, "Looks like all those uh, woke boycotts, wokeness boycotts, didn't get really uh, followed through on."
0: What what were the boycotts this year?
1: Well, just that you know, if Taylor's going to be so involved, I'm not going. I'm not going to watch the Super Bowl. Really? Because I think you did.
0: I'm gonna guess. What, was did. there a was there a Bud Light hate watchers. Probably, Probably yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: yeah it lots okay. to lots to be angry about. I think they all watched. That's how you get that big number.
0: Everybody watched. Not my line, but never in my imagination did I think the left would inherit football in the culture <laughs> wars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Goes back to Colin Kaepernick. Okay, poll question results from Monday. We asked you. I uh, asked you who should play with Elias Pettersson, Nils Hoglander? Elias Lindholm, both. What did the people say? Both. Yes. Percentage? 46. 64. Ooh. Nearly two-thirds. 28% of you want just Nils Hoglander and only 8% of you want just Elias Lindholm. Colin and planning, I'm okay with either or both. Now is the time to experiment to find which line combinations work in different situations. They need to find the best fit. For AP 40, this generation's Alex Burroughs could be Hoglander. Uh, Whack Blackout going off the board here says, try Joshua with Miller and Besser. Cheap fill-in players that I believe can excel as top six role players. Rebuild the bottom six. Team will be strong next year with cap flexibility. Bring in a top six at the trade deadline next year for another run. Well, you got it all planned out. And uh, Andrew says, I'm not an NHL coach, and I have never played pro hockey, so my answer is I don't know.
2: Oh, you're a opinion, way, Yeah, yeah. You're opinion, Top Andrew. comment on YouTube from Jag with 24 likes. He oh. says, I keep saying this until it happens. He wants Petey Lindholm, Hogg, Suter, Miller, Besser, Joshua, Bluger, Garland, Mikheyev on the fourth line with Amon and Lafferty. Yeah, well, yeah. he's getting I'm this okay wish sure. that. Yeah,
1: That's a speedy fourth line. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: If Lafferty and McKayev on the
2: Finger on the flags, I don't mind that.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't mind that at all. Errors and omissions from Monday's program. We have a couple. Uh, first, we made a couple of references to the injured left-shot defenseman in Abbotsford. That would be Akito Hirose and Christian Wolanin. Uh They also have injuries on the right side, but mm-hmm. those are the lefties um, who, were, who have been hurt, and thus uh, Jet Wu called up. And uh, Trevor Martins. Oh. Our friend, colleague here with the Nation Network, you know, he was uh, our producer for a while, Blake, as you remember. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And uh, he wanted to call out something in yesterday's program when we were talking about Morgan Riley and the late cross-check on Ottawa's Ridley, Ridley Ridley Greg, take a listen. Rob him out next time he's bearing down on you, yeah. and it's all good. So mature. Th- there's been far more egregious ones. Now, exactly. Honestly. What was like, so bad about my that? own my own personal history on this? There's ten worse. Yeah, yeah. It, it,
1: T-Mart used to be the one that collected all the. Oh uh, uh,
0: yeah. Always yeah. looking Sound for the double, double clips at ten forty. Yeah, exactly.
1: His ear, is not as sharp as it once was. No. Always
2: looking for others' mistakes, but yeah. not his own. Yeah. I see mm-hmm. how it T-Mark. Check
0: the mirror, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. A reminder, subscribe to us, Ring and Connects Conversation wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on social. That's Twitter, Insta, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. We're live on YouTube daily at 1130 a.m. Pacific. And, of course, support those community sponsors you hear us talking about. Keep it local.